0: Hey guys, and welcome to the Money Podcast. You know, managing finances is never a walk in the park, but the more uncertain the outlook, the harder it gets. And now, oh my gosh, it's ridiculous. First, we had a pandemic, which turned our lives and the markets upside down. Just as life finally started to look a bit more normal, inflation rears its ugly head. And now we've got a war that's threatening a world order that's been in place since NATO was formed in 1949. None of these seismic events was predictable. All of them are roiling our markets. Not to worry, though. After you listen to this edition of the Money Podcast, you're going to know why we're experiencing inflation. You're also going to have at least an idea of where interest rates are heading, what stagflation means, and whether it could be on the horizon. And you're going to understand how a war in Europe can affect your investments here at home. In short, you're going to have ideas about what's likely to happen next, what you should be doing about it. We'll also recap important personal finance news that's happened this month and check in on our personal investments. I'm Stacy Johnson. As usual, my co host will be financial journalist Miranda Markwood. Hello, Miranda.
1: Hello, Stacy.
0: Listening in and sometimes contributing is our producer and novice investor, Aaron Freeman. Hey, Aaron. War.
2: What is it really good for?
0: We just looked that up the other day. Do you know who that is? I can't remember his name now. You're supposed to say absolutely nothing. Yeah. Oh, oh absolutely, absolutely nothing. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Okay, let's get the ball rolling. Before we do, though, a disclaimer. Should we discuss specific investments in this show, do not take them as recommendations because they're not recommendations. Before you invest in anything, you've got to do your own research. You've got to make your own decisions. Okay, let's get back to the topic at hand. First, let me give you guys an idea of where we are right now. Uh, What I'm going to do is going to give you statistics for the year thus far. It is March the 3rd, 2022. So far, as I speak, the market's still open, but as I speak, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is now down 7% for the year. The uh, tech-heavy NASDAQ is down 13% for the year. The small cap uh, Russell 2000 is down 10% for the year. And the 10-year bond, upon which lots of consumer uh, interest rates are, is based, is at 1.9%. That's up about 26% thus far this year. So we're not having a really great year out there in the stock market or with interest rates, unless you're a saver, then maybe you like higher rates, but most of us do not. Uh, and what I want to do now is I want to give you a really brief idea of what's happening, both with here at home with inflation and also with the war in Europe. The idea is when you're having beers this Friday night, I want you to be able to talk to your friends and say, oh, you want to know what's going on? I can tell you what's going on. So I want to make this really simple. You guys tell me if I'm doing a good job. Okay. I wrote down a little thing. Okay.
2: All right. Give it to us.
0: First of all, let's keep in mind that the economy was already in trouble before this war began. You can see from the statistics I just gave you that the stock market was already down before this war happened. The course of war has not helped things. So why was the market down so far this year? Surging inflation. Why is inflation surging? Because of tangled supply chains. These things are hurting, inflation hurts stocks. I'm going to get more on that in a minute. Now, the Ukraine crisis, let's talk about that for a minute. That, that is magnifying both of the things I just mentioned, inflation and tangled supply chains. Now, Russia is a vitally important supplier of oil, natural gas, and metals, and some other stuff, too. Higher prices for those commodities are, are going to inflict economic damage around the world, especially For Europe, Europe relies on Russia for nearly 40% of its natural gas, 25% of its oil. That's a lot. So, Yeah. So for Europe, the war has met higher inflation and slowing growth. Now, natural gas prices shot up about 20% after the war started on top of earlier increases. And now now listen to this. Roughly six times, natural gas is six times the price it was when 2021 began in a year, six times. So now what's happening with this gas price shock? It's feeding inflation. It's swelling utility bills. But the main thing I want you to remember, you're going to hear this phrase. You're going to hear this in coming weeks.
2: That it's Biden's fault?
0: You're going to hear that too. (laughs) Oh, oh. And and I'm going to to explain to you why that isn't true. In fact, I'll do that right now. You're going to hear that a lot. (laughs) Oh, well, of course. (laughs) You're going to hear that it's Biden's fault. Well, if that's true, then how come Europe's having high inflation? Because Biden does not control anything in Europe, and the European inflation rate is about 5%. Ours is around 75 Why is ours higher than Europe's? The reason is because, well, it's the supply chain problems are the main problem behind inflation here in this country. But we did something else that Europe didn't do as much. We sent money out to people during the pandemic. So, in other words, we helped support people so they could pay their rent if they were laid off as you know, working in a restaurant or wherever they were working. We wanted to make sure they didn't lose their apartments or their homes. So we sent money out to make our to make lives easier. That put a lot of extra money into our economy. So instead of having a five percent inflation rate, now we have a seven and a half percent inflation rate. Uh,
2: not to mention loans to businesses that were in the millions that didn't have to pay back.
0: Yes, the PPP loans. Absolutely yeah. right, Aaron. Well done. So we flooded, we flooded our economy with liquidity. Also known as money, uh, and so we had more money t- to chase fewer prices. Remember, everything is about supply and demand. the The supply of products was was messed up because of these tangled supply chains, and the demand was stronger because of all this extra money that we had. That's what created inflation. Now you can you can say that Biden shouldn't have given people money, uh, but you know Trump did that too. I mean, you know, it wasn't the only rescue plan. Uh, so you know, but but generally speaking, it's not so much biden's fault but but nonetheless what we're really talking about here is inflation now and here's a term Um, just 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 real
1: quick i mean i will say the eu did have a an eu recovery package that amounted to close to 2.3 trillion
0: dollars but we did about six trillion
1: yeah but they but they did put money out there but we did they did they did
0: we put out more now, here's a term that you're going to hear coming up, and that is demand destruction. Now, the reason that the Federal Reserve raises interest rates, what they're, which they're going to do exactly—is that a week from now? No, a little more than that. We're going to have a CPI reading a week from now, a week from today, on the 10th of March, and that's expected to read around 8% inflation. In fact, it's going to get worse. Okay, 7.5 now, maybe 8. We'll see next week. But- what
2: CPI stand for?
0: A consumer price index. Oh, so okay, the basket right. of that's consumer right. goods, they just measure how much prices have gone up on things like rent and food and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Now, what happens when, you, when prices go up is you have what's called demand destruction. So in other words, I can't buy cigarettes because my gas is so expensive. Uh, you know, it, you start putting all your money into gas. I mean, heating your home is more important than buying an iPhone. So when, you, when, you're, when prices go up a lot, when inflation happens, or when the Fed raises interest rates, they're doing that on purpose to cool the economy, to tap the brakes. How do they tap the brakes? They raise interest rates to make things more expensive. And what are they doing when they do that? They're destroying demand. They're doing that on purpose to try to get the economy to slow down so that prices don't keep spiraling out of control. So you're going to hear that term again, demand destruction. Remember it. It means when prices are high, demand is, is getting crushed. Okay. Okay. So now, because of the inflation that's going on, and, here, and here's the actual effect. In Europe, because of the inflation that's going on, their GDP, their gross domestic product, is expected to go from 4.3% this year to 37 So half a point of their GDP is being destroyed by demand destruction, okay? So, and, and herein lies a problem, because now let me, let me talk about the second war that's going on, and that's the one on inflation, So what the Federal Reserve is doing now, they were caught off guard, and so were we, as a matter of fact, the three of us, uh, by the surge in inflation over the past year. Now, that's, as I said, mostly because of the economy's uh, unexpectedly strong recovery that left companies scrambling to find enough raw materials and components to produce enough to meet demand. Overwhelmed factories, ports, and freight yards have meant shortages, shipping delays, and what does all that mean? It means higher prices. And the war is making these issues worse. See, Russia and, Russia and Ukraine together account for about 30% of the world's exports of wheat, 19% of corn, 80% of sunflower oil, which is used in food processing. Uh, so the, the fighting and the sanctions threaten to send these prices ever higher. In fact, wheat in the United States is, up, is limit up for the last three days in a row. Limit up means after it goes up a certain amount, they close the market. So in other words, wheat, in fact, wheat as we speak— is higher now than it's ever been, ever. A lot,
2: a lot of components that go into many other products come out of Ukraine too. Um,
0: yes, yes. There are a lot of products coming out. I'm trying to keep this relatively short and I'm not doing a very good job of it. But you know, a lot of products besides wheat and, and oil comes out of Russia, you know, a lot, there, there's also a lot of products. In fact, I think there's a, a product called Neon, if I'm not mistaken, that's used in the manufacture of um, microchips. <laughs> which is we already have a shortage of, and I think eighty percent of the of that product that's used in microchip creation is mined in Ukraine. So there's there's a lot of bottlenecks here, and obviously getting worse by the day. So now, here's the risk: if you're if you're Chairman Powell and you have to raise interest rates, which he's going he, already, he just said yesterday he's going to do that, a quarter of a percent on the sixteenth of March. Okay, interest rates are going to go up. Now, the problem he's got, though, and it's a big problem, as, as prices are going up, you remember what I was just saying about de- demand destruction? Well, that's slowing down the economy. People aren't buying as much because they're spending their money to stay alive, to buy gasoline and heating oil and things of that sort. So that's going to weaken the economy. Now, what happens when you have rising interest rates and a weakening economy? Here's another word you're going to hear a lot, stagflation. The economy is stagnant. But there's inflation. Worst possible scenario if you're running the Federal Reserve.
2: They, were, they had a whole show on this on NPR the other day. It's, actually, it's becoming a worry.
0: Yes. And for those of us who were alive then, which probably doesn't really include you two, um, it, it was a horrible time. Inflation was really high. But see, usually when you have high interest rates, it's because the economy is really running well. It, it, when you have a crummy economy and high interest rates, now you're between a dog and a fire hydrant. But Not Powell has to, to
2: has to go through with his his policy plan for the March anyway, because don't you, didn't you say uh, the the price point has kind of been baked in now because everybody's been ex, expecting him to raise the well, rates? He said so it. He said he's, yesterday. He's, he's kind of to go
0: testimony. He's going to because see he has no choice, he, Aaron. He has yeah, to he raise has to. interest rates to create some demand destruction so the economy doesn't get overheated. But he's walking a tightrope yeah. because if he raises interest rates and the economy is already in trouble because of you know these inflationary problems then he could, turn this in, he could turn this into a recession.
2: And yeah, if he doesn't do it, though, then it's like his decision-making becomes wishy-washy when the, everybody's expecting it to happen, and then it doesn't happen. I mean, that could throw things in a tailspin, yeah, too, right? Yes,
0: you're saying it would impact his credibility, and that's absolutely yeah. true. But he's going to raise rates. It's just a quarter point. But they're going to raise rates between five and seven times this year, more than likely, every month, probably.
1: Well, and if you look at, like, Bloomberg, Bloomberg's pointing out that rates traders have— are now expecting instead of a you know uh, an overall hike rate all the way up to two possibly two point five percent a long term projection they're talking about peaking at one point seven percent instead so it's we're probably going to see a hike. it's just may not be it may not be as as high as expected, right? Like the Bloomberg report is saying that money markets have paired pricing for a rate hike in March to a quarter point from half a point prior to the invasion. So, so what we're, so, I mean, we're still going to see the, the hikes, the rate hikes, um, but we might not see as big a hikes as we expected before.
0: Yeah, that, that may be true. Well, certainly that's true this month because you're right. There was an 80% probability a few weeks ago that they were going to do a half-point increase this month, and now they're definitely not going to. He's already said he's going to do yeah, a quarter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but just just keep – okay, now here's the real question, though. After you understand all this stuff, listeners, what are you supposed to do with this information? What, what And what do, you, what, what do you guys think? From, from what I just described to you and what you already know yourselves – what do you think about, do you think the stock market looks risky? Do you think it looks like fun? Um, do, do you think now's the time to invest? Because remember, we still do have, we were coming out of Omicron, and, and you know, we're ready to spend some money, right? So we, should, we could still have a very healthy economy, but you know, obviously these things are all weighing on the markets. So, and you see how volatile the markets are. 600 points up one day, 600 down the next. That's because of this, all this uncertainty. So what are you guys thinking?
1: I'm thinking I do what I always do, which is continue to <laughs> tell average. I I mean <laughs> I it's, that was it's coming. I'm not as my therapist says I'm not I'm not some big mystery. <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> <laughs> like I mean I I'm, I'm just going to keep doing the same thing. I mean one of the things that was interesting, right, is is if you look at uh, this report from CNBC, they mentioned that the retail sales for the month of January rose 3.8%, which was higher than they expected. So um even though inflation is taking effect people are still spending their money um and then the other thing too is i mean um like i mean we're, we're still looking at record revenues um you know mcdonald's is planning on raising its prices even though it's had record revenues um amazon got off its earnings report and they're going to go ahead and raise prices the nation did a whole thing that compiled all of these instances of of, of what almost amounts to price gouging. And so as long as people are willing to pay for these prices, the earnings are going to keep going up and the stock market's going to be fine in the long run.
0: Yes, I think that's true. But I, I think we could have a dangerous stock market here. And frankly, what I, I you guys haven't been reading these products because I just started doing them on Money Talks News. Uh, every Friday I do a little recap of the week and then I give my opinion on what's going on. And what I've said the last few weeks is this is it, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Therefore, I'm sitting on my hands. I, I actually did buy a couple of stocks. We'll go over that in a few minutes. But generally speaking, until I until I have a better sense of the direction, I'm not going to be doing. I'm not going to be putting a lot of money down. I already have a lot yeah. of money in the market anyway. I haven't sold anything. But you know, even though the market's falling, this I don't, I don't con- I don't consider this a great buying opportunity. I, I consider it kind of confusing. And so I'm on the sidelines. Yeah.
1: And and I just figure like I just I'm just keeping with like the plan, right? Just stick with the strategy. I'm not doing any experiments right now. Um, The market hasn't fallen enough for me to feel like deploying any of my extra cash. So basically, yeah, I'm just like you just kind of staying the course, uh, whatever that course happens to be. Right.
2: I think for, for Europe and America, I think this could be an unnecessary evil that really catapults green energy and uh electric vehicle purchasing too but you know what we can't we can't be reliant on on russia fuel and we can't you know we got to do other things yeah um, I think that's true. And it could it could push um, all of us from you know with china's uh you know love of russia and everything it could push us to getting new trade deals with other countries
0: yeah there could be well yeah actually i want to ask you about crypto too um miranda but let me take a really quick break first. and I want you to tell me what you're doing with crypto or, what, or why it's gone up so much lately. Stay right where you are, guys. We're going to be right back. Okay, we're back. We were talking crypto. The other day, crypto went up a ton, like 10% in a week. What, what was, what's ha- do you know Why's that happened, Miranda? Yeah, I mean, I
1: think a lot of it has to do with just, um, you know, a lot of people were buying the dip. That's a very popular thing for. That's a very popular thing for uh, crypto traders to do is is buy the dip and for people to hop in. So I think um, it's still very loosely co- correlated to the stock market. I think we haven't seen any evidence that it's not correlated to the stock market. Uh, but I think on that particular instance, um, crypto had dropped quite a lot. It had crashed down to quite a low level. Um, and then, you know, right after, along with the stocks, and so I think right after it crashed, a lot of people were looking to to buy the dip so <laughs> and so then that, of course, pushed prices back up and surged them back up um it's It's the wild West out there with crypto um I'm not changing anything about my crypto strategy right now i I'm not buying any new tokens, I've got what I've got right now, and I'm just kind of holding on to it. Um, I, have a, I have a question. And, you, and just seeing where it do goes. Do you think the
2: war has a little bit to do with this? Do you think uh, there was a big thing where um, uh, foreign reserves are being frozen by a bunch of, uh, you know, banks and, oh. and, and uh, governments? And obviously, and a lot of what that is, is money that the countries have in other countries, as in reserves, are too easily frozen. And so I started begging the question, you know, what is money and, and how, what is it? And so I guess the theory could go like if everything was token based it wouldn't be so easy to do
1: right yeah and that's the other thing right if you're if you've got your money on something like a decentralized blockchain then you don't ever have to worry about the government shutting it down right. um, or or freezing assets or 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 having you know having a transaction you know not go through because of those kinds of things um, of course you know part of the issue too though is you know blockchain still requires some sort of connectivity and you have to be careful about like where you're keeping your crypto, if you keep it on exchange, you know, you could, you know, that's a third party access point. So somebody could block you out. Um, and then you have to be able at some point to connect to the network if you're going to use your cryptocurrency. So that's an issue. But I mean, right now, as of this moment today, on, on March 3rd, third right. um, yeah, on March 3rd, uh, Bitcoin is back down again. Um, Ethereum is down again. Uh, so, so those kinds of things are, are d- losing ground again yep. <laughs> today. And so, which is, which is a little bit opposite of the stock market, which is starting to creep back up. Um, so it's, it's just kind of interesting to see how it works and what things are going to influence, uh, cryptocurrency prices, because right now it's just sort of, um, um, you know, well, it's happening right now. And then how long is that going to last? And are people going to keep, you know, are people going to keep using Everything it? Everything is up in the and air we- now,
0: it seems like.
1: Yeah. And it's hard to tell, too, because it's like, well, you know, like what Aaron said, like, hey, well, this is a source that, you know, the banks can't shut down or the bank can't do that, uh, do this, that or the other thing with. But at the same time, um, you know, like, Will it catch on enough? Will enough people use it? And does it still make sense day to day as like a money transaction? So that's those are still questions we're trying to answer. still with
0: cryptocurrency. So now let's go to the next part of our show, which is uh, talking about some of the major news stories that have happened this month. Obviously, there's no news story more important than the than the war in Ukraine. But have you guys seen some other articles that you you would point us to to help us understand what's happening?
1: Well, I mean, I think the one um, I mentioned briefly earlier from The Nation about the difference between inflation and price gouging and how in a lot of the earnings calls for this first quarter, a lot of companies are talking about how they're raising prices just because they can and using inflation as a cover. Um, and not even – I mean, they're not even – they're not even – like, they're just saying that. They're not that. pretending <laughs> that's, it's that's inflation. That's what
0: they're
1: saying. Right, yeah. They're you just You should saying, write an yes, article
0: about that, Miranda. I'd like to know which companies the, are doing that. Uh,
1: um yeah so i i there's some that are doing that and i've got a little i've sent you a link so that you can include it but um but like but yeah like for instance like mcdonald's is like oh yeah we've got record revenues record profits we're gonna just hike prices anyway um and and so there's just other companies like that who are saying like yes uh we've been able to use um I think Kimberly Clark was one of them, and was was able to say, "Yes, we've been able to use inflation as a cover for increases." That's a pretty bold
0: anymore. statement to make. Did they really say that? Um,
1: they were talking about it. Let's. Have oh, yeah. A yeah. Look, By the way, just is
0: the company's making record profits. Doesn't mean that their price increases. I mean, right, but their, mar- their profits. Yeah, you know, they could still be trying to offset Their profit inflation.
1: margins. Right, but their profit margins increased okay. as well more than inflation did. So that's the that's the thing when they're talking about like we've got these big profit margins we're padding our profit margins. Well this is this is increases. no news.
0: I mean that's not to me anyway. I mean I'm yeah. sure a lot of companies do that use that to, to Oh yeah,
1: 100%. Increases. But I think it's something that we, you know, that that I found interesting. I just found that interesting in terms of um, in terms of saying like, well, you know, yes, we're going to have some price increases because of inflation but at the same time We've also got some of this other these other activities going on um, as you know using inflation as cover to do more than they maybe need to
0: yeah, what about you Aaron have you read anything that's interesting you can share?
2: well well, on the housing front um, there's there's three big things uh, housing doesn't look good in the future <laughs> well one thing they, they think that housing uh, if you own a house is probably going to go up another ten percent by the end of the year, so that's that's good for anybody. That, you know, owns property. We'll see if that's um, true. We'll see. if that we don't happens. know if it's true or not, but we'll see. But the, uh, the big thing is obviously the pandemic stifled migration in, um, so people were stayed in their homes and they, they didn't, you know, want to explore anywhere. And the, other, the second thing is people working at home. So from 2021, typical homeowner spent about 13.2 years in their house. And that was up from 2012, which, which they stayed in their house for about 10 years, uh, Redfin also found out about 33% of people 65 and older are staying put rather than downsizing or relocating. And that's up 28% from 2012. So we have a lot of stagnation going on where people just staying in their homes. Plus people moved out of cities and moved into homes, which is starting to move back a little bit. But that's literally the biggest problem is not a whole lot of houses being built and everybody's staying put. On top of that, you add to the fact that now rates are increasing. So nobody wants to buy anything and, and get into a higher mortgage rate problem. It's not looking good in that housing movement area. Um, so it might stay that way for a while.
0: Yeah, actually, Aaron, on uh, February 7th from Bloomberg, here's a, here's a headline. There's never been a worse time to buy a home in a, in a poll of U.S. households. The share of Americans who say it's a good time to buy a house hit an all-time low of 25% in a monthly Fannie Mae survey. So people are getting discouraged when it comes to housing. Here's, here's an article, that and I'll only mention one because we don't have a lot of time, but uh, the headline, this is from Wall Street Journal, uh, February 14th, Valentine's Day. Um, there was a headline, and here it goes, there's no perfect way to inflation-proof your investments. I, that caught my eye because we did a podcast on how to inflation-proof your investments. But here's a, here's a blurb. Among the options to counteract inflation are to add inflation-protected bonds to your holdings. Another approach is to defer claiming Social Security to obtain a bigger inflation-adjusted retirement income. There are other investment options as well, but some are expensive. Others are volatile and had inconsistent performance during past inflationary periods. So you you can do some stuff to offset inflation, but it ain't easy. And one of those things is stocks. Uh, do you have anything else, Miranda? Because we you can use that as a as uh, as a, as a, a uh, way to get right into our stock picks.
1: Uh, no, not really. Just um, I mean, I guess if you if you want to look for <laughs> for companies that are gouging their. Gouging their customers that might be a good somebody's got to be you. in their bonnet
0: i think <laughs> that's right i'm
1: annoyed but yeah i mean you know if you, if you want to look for for companies that are padding their profit margins that might be the thing I'd well, to like do. You, I said, mean, profit... you should write this article
0: if you have companies that have literally said we're using this to gouge people essentially i would like i think you should write that article i think it's an interesting article we'll print it <laughs>
1: But we've got we've got the best profit margins. Uh, they're the largest they've been in 70 years. But
2: we still have major port problems still. There's a lot of ships that are out there on the water waiting weeks on end to come into port. And also, would you think that eventually, once everything starts leveling out and companies start price com- competing with each other? then that will start coming well, down because well, eventually we, s- eventually, somebody oh, wants to win oh. over somebody else.
1: <laughs> well, that's true, though. Price competition. Well, no, well, I mean,
0: that's, that's not unreasonable. And I, I think that... I, well, I
1: like I like that you assume we're operating under actual market principles. It's cute. You're such
0: a Marxist. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, though, listen. I would
1: like to see us actually operate under market principles. Uh, oh, you think all right, these CEOs are?
2: are smoking cigars in a back room and are all going, hey, let's all raise rates together, guys. Okay, yeah, let's, let's raise the prices. Uh,
1: oh, actually, yes, yeah, some of them are. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Well there's well you know the well, truth is it has more it has less to do with that and more to do with the actual concentration of of like the economy into to like like uh, there are made like your major beverage companies right we've got Pepsi and Coca-Cola and they own a whole ton of different beverages right so that makes it hard for true competition or if you look at like cable internet right there are regions of the country where you literally only have one option. So it's not so much they're like sitting here and colluding. It's just that we have a lot of consolidation I thought eventually, in our economy. I thought
2: eventually volume sales usually wins over a high price item.
0: Yeah, so, by, the, well, way, we'll by see. the way, guys. this reminds <laughs> me of a news story, which I've done several times in the past. I used to do TV news and I've did this story many times. And, and it was this, here's why you should buy the companies you hate. Uh, no, no, for <laughs> real, you know, because like, you no, know, I, I own oil stocks. <laughs> You know, and and I'm talking about I've owned oil stocks for 20 years, you know. And so when prices go up at the pump, I don't mind because the money I'm making on my stocks is more than offsetting the money I'm losing. Uh, You know, there was a time when I owned Comcast. You know, I hate the cable company. Uh, And and so but if they're but if they're making money and you're talking about these monopolistic, you know, quasi monopolistic companies, Miranda, you know, if these guys are able to increase their profit margins, then you hate them. But join them.
1: Yeah. Right, and that's what I'm saying. is like maybe if, that, if we're going to move this into stock picks, look for the companies that are doing this and buy some yeah. stock. Yeah, Let, let's
0: transition right there because we're almost out of time anyway. Okay, have you guys made any uh, any changes to your portfolio mix since last week we had this conversation, which has probably been the end of the year, I think.
2: I haven't done anything.
0: I, I actually bought stuff today just because I was afraid to come on the air without having bought anything since I talked last night. <laughs> but I actually added to my consumer discretionaries today. Um, consumer discretionary stocks are those that the consumer, let, let me give you an example. I bought Disney. Okay, that, It's called disc- consumer discretionary because this is what people do when they have discretionary money. I also bought, I, I've never owned Disney. I bought it today for $147 a share. I'm down a little bit on it right now. I bought it this morning. I, owned, I already own Royal Caribbean Group uh i I, that's a cruise ship line i bought that uh during the the depths of the pandemic you know when they were you know looking at bankruptcy i bought some more today Uh, and now I'm, I'm, i'm nibbling here i'm not i'm not betting the farm on these things but i think sooner or later the world is going to become more certain these supply chain issues are going to be resolved i'm not saying tomorrow but i think sometime and people and i think people are still pent up i think they are ready to spend some money and go out and have some fun Obviously, if you're Royal Caribbean, you're probably going to be raising your prices because look how much your fuel's gone up. Uh, I also bought uh, more wind Resorts. That's the Las Vegas Casino. I bought that. Uh, I bought today $86. It's about where I paid for it. So I think these types of things, is it a short-term play? Absolutely not. But I wanted to go ahead and nibble at these things, get a little bit more of them. So when the consumer does come roaring back, if they do, and that's an if, because remember, we talked about stagflation. But if the, if the consumer does come roaring back, um, which I was pretty sure of before this war, now I'm not so sure. But if they do, I'm going to be well positioned for that. So and I also own oil stocks, which have obviously done exceedingly well. Uh, but I've owned them, like I said, for 20 years. So that, that, those are the changes that I've made in my portfolio uh, and, and all today, I think. Until I'm, until I'm a little more certain, I, I, you know, I'm not worried about catching the very bottom. You know, I, you know, when things are a little more certain, then I will invest some more. But this is not a good atmosphere for stocks. I mean, it just isn't. Rising rates are not good for stocks, at least not in the short term. If I am going to buy stocks, though, and I'll repeat myself, I've said this several times, I'm going to buy stocks that have pricing power, which I think Miranda was just alluding to. In other words, they can raise prices as inflation hits their, hits their cost, um, and those that don't depend on input. Uh, a lot a lot of input like for example I am I really want to buy some more Google I own a bunch of it now but I want to buy some more because it's splitting 20 for one in July which doesn't necessarily make it more valuable but often you know when, it's, when a stock splits especially to that extent it'll often go up and enter a good market anyway so I'm, I'm looking at Google I wouldn't mind owning I own a ton of Apple I can't buy any more of that uh, but I wouldn't mind owning some more Microsoft uh, you know so there are companies like this that have pricing power and not monopolistic but close to it <laughs> Those are the types of companies you want to own here. That, and obviously, you want to own energy uh, stocks. Yeah. So th- these are the types of things I'm looking at. And it, but until the market really capitulates, until this, until you know it really does look like a bottom, I think we're just going to have more of this volatility. We're going to have up days. We're going to have down days. And by and large, like I said, nibbling, but basically sitting on my hands here.
2: I mean, a lot of stocks have been knocked off their chair. I mean, do you you you, don't, you still don't think this is a bottom?
0: No, I don't. I'm afraid that there's, there are too many uncertainties out there. I mean, okay. Not,
2: what, would it, what would you think it would take to, to knock it down even more into the 20% off range?
0: Uh, well, okay. Um, well, there's a lot of things that could really cream the market. But, okay, uh, here's a perfect example. Putin says no more oil, not selling oil anymore. That would be a huge thing. The market would crash on that. Um, and this is a really horrific thing to say, but what if he unleashes a, a tactical nuclear weapon? I mean, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things that could still happen here. Right.
2: Well, at that point, we're not going to worry about stocks anymore, anyway. No. But,
0: <laughs> right. and, and by the way, you know, before we end today, I want to say something I meant to say at the outset. And that is, I've been talking about this war as if, you know, how, how it affects your finances, which is obviously what my job is. But I want to be very clear that this guy is, is an evil bastard who's earned a special place in hell. And the suffering that he's causing these innocent people is not to be forgiven. Um, so, I, you know, like I said, I, I don't want to, because our focus is on money, I don't want to, I want to be very clear that there's more than money that's at stake here. And it means a lot. Not to wax emotional, but then you make <laughs> that point.
1: No, it's true. It's very true.
2: No, I'm willing to take a hit in my portfolio to take him out.
0: I think that's a good idea. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, especially since, especially since the portfolios will recover.
0: Yeah, exactly. And he won't. Well, what, you know, and, and actually, the, the, I was very, I was very hesitant to, to think that these, um, that what we're doing to him financially is going to matter. Uh, but I think it is. Uh, we've gone above and beyond. I think it's going to. This is a whole other topic, and we don't have time to cover today. But I think it puts the United States, uh, the dollar, as the world's reserve currency, at major risk. Because if I'm if I'm a country that you know, you're you're taking these guys' yachts. And you know freeze and, and their central bank deposits, I mean, just because you can, they're going to start looking for other currencies. I mean, China's not going to like that, you know, and so again, complicated topic and not one we have time for today. But this is a, the United States is taking a big risk doing this, but I think it's going to have some effect, and it may have an effect. It may have some uh, some un, unintended side effects down the road. We'll see. I'm afraid we're out of time, guys, but we're never out of topic. Dig a little deeper. You're going to find links to tons more information in our show notes, so take a look at them. And remember, if your goal is to make more, to spend less, to retire rich, your online home is moneytalksnews.com. And don't forget to check out Miranda's online home as well. That is Miranda Marquit, M-A-R-Q-U-I-T.com. If you've got a question, comment, or topic you'd like to suggest, we would love to hear from you. Email us at hello at moneytalksnews.com. That's hello at moneytalksnews.com. And one last thing, if you appreciate what we do, do a little something for us. Subscribe to our podcast. Takes you two seconds, really helps us. And tell your friends, too. If you like us, show us and subscribe. I'm Stacey Johnson.
1: And I'm Miranda Marquette.
2: And I'm Aaron Freeman.
0: Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. We're going to see you right here next time.